0: Habits and Health, episode 26. Welcome to the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard. Welcome to another edition of Habits and Health. Today we speak with Christy Jacks, who is a specialist in uh, helping people to take control of their diabetes. And we're going to go into the differences between uh, Diabetes 1 and 2 and how ketogenic diets can help and you know weight control and, and many other aspects of diabetes. That's with Christy Jacks in today's episode. If you do know anyone who would, who would get some value from this episode, anyone maybe who has diabetes, please do share it with them. And hopefully it can be of benefit to them. Hope you enjoy this week's show. Habits and health. My guest today, Christy Jakes. How are you, Christy?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well, thank you. And we find you in South Carolina.
1: Yes, where it is nice and gloomy and rainy today.
0: Uh, Well, if you want to talk about rain, I'm in England. (laughs) 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 That's our normal state of play here. So isn't South Carolina? Doesn't it get pretty warm there sometimes?
1: Yes, n- normally at this time of year it's ninety degrees and up.
0: Right. Mm. So yeah.
1: today it is. It is still hot, but with the added um, benefit of being muggy and just wonderful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And, and Christy, so what is it that you do?
1: I am a diabetes lifestyle coach and a nutritionist.
0: Okay, and so do you? From the sounds of that, you you specialize in diabetes.
1: Yes, I um, work with clients who have type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. That that's our, my main focus, but I personally have been dealing with type one diabetes for. 38 years, I believe. Okay. So I've I've been there, done that with every bit of it, and I can help other people do what I do to improve their health.
0: So because of your experience with diabetes, is that why you chose to to help other people? Yes. so I've seen
1: what the opposite can do.
0: Well, I was going to say, so how – before you kind of got into doing all of this, how did diabetes used to affect you then?
1: I was what I like to call a roller coaster. I would eat lots of the wrong things. My blood sugar would go up really high. Then I'd take too much insulin and I would drop really low. And when that happens, I would have my, little bag of what I call my emergency Skittles, <laughs> some candy to help bring my blood sugar back up. And mm. it never settled down. So it was a constant roller coaster ride and it was exhausting. I had no energy and I couldn't really live life to the fullest.
0: Mm-hmm. And from what age did that, did that start?
1: Well, I was diagnosed as a child. Right. If, if I tell you my age when I was diagnosed, then you're going to start doing the math. <laughs> but um, no, I started, I started that roller coaster, I'd say in my 20s. Right. And it took a while to kind of figure things out. But I'm so glad that I did.
0: And, and in, in the process of figuring it out, were you given a lot of conflicting advice?
1: Oh, absolutely! Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm a trial and error kind of person.
2: Mm.
1: I'll, I'll do, I'll try different ways of eating, different lifestyle changes, and see what works best for me. Mm. And that way, I can advise other people on what might work best for them. But the thing is that we're all so different. Hmm. that you can never really tell what's going to work until you try it.
0: So when did you, when would you say that you first started to take control of of your diabetes?
1: I would say probably 20 years ago.
0: Okay. And how long did that process take?
1: To begin, it took a few years. Right. I had to figure out my what I was eating and how much insulin I needed. And it's been about, I believe, three or four years now that I started using an insulin pump. Mm-hmm. So now I can really, really tune in on the amount of insulin that I take.
0: Well, for people listening who may have no idea what it is that you're talking about, what what is that and how does that help someone?
1: Well, the insulin pump lets you really factor in all of your your lifestyle, your food, your activity. And I can put in the amount of carbohydrates that I'm eating. Say I'm eating a big bowl of rice. Mm-hmm. I can put that number into my pump controller. And it will tell me how much insulin I need to mm-hmm. take care of it. So I can be very precise mm-hmm. in my dosage right. and prevent that roller coaster.
0: And is that something that many diabetes um, patients use?
1: It's mostly for type 1 diabetics. Right. Type 2 diabetes is more lifestyle a lot of it can be related to weight
2: mhm
1: so when you get people more involved in you know physical activity really taking control of what they're consuming even their thought their sleep all of that they can reverse type 2
0: mhm And so why is it that um, that type 2 can be reversed, but type 1 can't be?
1: Type 1, the pancreas no longer works. Mm -hmm. Mine stopped producing insulin a long time ago. Right. So that's why I have to use the insulin pump or inject it myself. Mm. And type 2, their pancreas is still working, but maybe not effectively according to their lifestyle choices. Right. So.
0: And so now since, you know, all that you've learned over the last sort of 20 years of, of really tackling this, how different is your life now to how it was before?
1: Oh, I'm much happier. (laughs) And like I said, I'm, I'm, Trying to live life to the fullest. I don't have the ups and downs. I sleep better. I have more energy, and I mean, just overall, everything is better.
0: Hmm. And, and sort of with your with your clients, what typically do? Well, I wonder. Are your clients mostly sort of type 1 also or a mixture of type 1 and type 2? Or what's the situation? Type,
1: type 2 mostly. Right. Yeah. Those who want to get off their medications or perhaps just lose some weight and regain their health.
0: <clears> hmm. <throat> do you think, do most people who have diabetes have a really like a really comprehensive understanding of exactly what it is.
1: I think people with type one kind of get the idea a little more. Right. Because we don't have a choice. Yeah. Type two can be a little, little bit more difficult. Because a lot of people develop type 2 diabetes later in life mm. and they're are already set in their ways, I like to say,
2: mm.
1: and trying to get them over some of their, their habits that they've learned over their lifetime mm. and get them to understand what can happen. I don't think they really... Some people really don't get it mm. when they make lifestyle changes. It's much more powerful and effective than simply taking a pill. Mm. And I've had so many people tell me I can eat whatever I want. I can have that piece of cake. I'll just take a pill that the doctor gave me.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, some people think that's the easy solution, but it's not the long-term solution, is it? Exactly. So how do you tend to help put your patients in or your clients?
1: Well, I start them off just talking to them and getting to know them, kind of what their current lifestyle is, some mm-hmm. of their favorite foods, and just getting to know their personality. Mm-hmm. And then we take a step forward and figure out what their goals are, how committed they are. And then we create a plan mm-hmm. and we make small changes over time. You know, I don't like to throw all these different tasks onto a person all at once mm. because it can be overwhelming. Mm. So I like to do it slow and steady because you always win the race that way.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I guess you've got far less chance of success if you're trying to do too many things at once. Right. Do you work with a a certain type of person?
1: Anybody who's willing to listen. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) And generally, how do they find you?
1: On online, I social media, mm-hmm. I get referrals. So I, I have, in the past, when I had my physical location, I was getting referrals from different uh, local physicians. But now I'm all virtual, so I can take clients from anywhere. All
0: right. So do, do you prefer working with people face-to-face or, or online or do you have a preference?
1: I don't really have a preference. I I did enjoy meeting people face-to-face, but I can reach so many more people mm. online. And that's really the goal is mm. to help as many people as possible.
0: So usually, how on average, how long would you be working with someone?
1: It, uh, well, to begin with, I'll do a six-week program,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then we'll reevaluate. Sometimes they need a little extra help or they need maintenance. Mm. So it really depends on the individual.
0: Um, so what kind of results have you been getting for some of your clients?
1: I've had clients who, you know, lost 20 pounds, I've had clients that reduced their medication, some that have gotten off of their medication. I've had clients bring me gifts because they were so happy after Mm. going to see their doctor. And that's a very, really, it's a good feeling. They'll come in and give me a giant hug Mm. and a gift because they feel so much better.
0: So what is the difference, say, between, you know, you mentioned some who have reduced medication and some have got off of their medication. Is it um, a case of the people that have got off of their medication being far more really listened to the advice that you've given and really gone to work on their own selves, or is it more than that?
1: That's a huge part of it, Right. their commitment. You know, I have a lot of people who, well, I had a birthday party to go to Right. You know it's the holidays, yeah, I'm yeah. allowed to cheat every once in a while, yeah, and you know that that's fine, hmm. but the more committed you are, the bigger the changes you're gonna see
0: hmm. and so is it a case of when people are, are have been really committed that they do they often are able to get off their medication?
1: Yes, right. I've seen it happen now and- that doesn't mean they're completely cured of course Mm. they still have to be aware of what's going on what they're doing Mm. but you know medications can have so many different side effects Mm -hmm. so if you can reduce or eliminate the need for the medications
0: Mm.
1: you're going to feel better overall anyway
0: yeah and so the people that have well, say some of the people that are off of their medication is there a, a time scale that, like, an average time scale that that is taken?
1: I had one client who was extremely committed, former military,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was about five weeks. Wow, but that was that was a very rare occasion. Mm. But, you know, slowly reducing the dosage while working with the doctor. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, I don't tell people to reduce their medication or stop taking it. Yeah. I want them to have a a relationship and communicate with their doctor Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: we can all work together.
0: So once so someone is off of medication, how different is their life at that point?
1: Again, more energy. I have a lot of people who, you know, the, again, the older, older clients, hmm. they start because they want to be healthy to play with their grandkids. Yeah, yeah. And when they're losing weight, they're more active, they're feeling better, their blood sugar is normal, Mm. that can happen. And they don't get tired out and they have more energy and are able to really enjoy life with those grandkids.
0: Mm.
1: And it's an amazing thing to witness. Mm.
0: And from a nutrition perspective what are I mean you know obviously we're all different and we react to foods differently but are is it a case of most people just really need to avoid the the real trigger foods you know the donuts and cakes and and so on or is it what would you say about that
1: I like to reduce the amount of carbohydrates right because a baked potato and a Snickers bar are going to do the exact same thing to me.
0: Right.
1: That potato will raise my blood sugar, maybe even faster than the Snickers bar.
2: Right.
1: So I like to reduce carbohydrates overall.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I have some people who are are vegans, mm-hmm. so they're still eating the beans and the grains, and but they reduce their portion size and bring in a variety of different foods right. so they're not overwhelming their system with all the, the starchy, carbohydrate-laden foods.
0: And so would a ketogenic diet work for for someone on diabetes?
1: Absolutely. Right. That's That's kind of the diet that I follow myself. Right, okay. Again, I tried – I was vegetarian, vegan – pescatarian i went extreme vegan by only consuming raw foods Mm -hmm. for a while because i wanted to try every different lifestyle that was out there
2: Mm.
1: so i could attest to how it helped me or didn't help me Mm. i don't like to recommend anything to anyone that i haven't personally tried myself
0: yeah yeah And for for anyone listening who maybe is not clear on what a ketogenic diet is, could could you explain that to them?
1: Low carbohydrate, moderate protein, and high healthy fats. Fats have no real impact on blood sugar. Fats can fuel the brain. Fats can fuel the body. And keep you full longer, so you don't eat as much. Mm. It's pretty amazing,
0: yeah, and you don't get you you can go far longer and not feeling hungry
1: exactly.
0: Which is the opposite of high carbs,
1: right. Because when you eat a high carbohydrate meal, you know it's like what they say when you eat a Chinese meal, Chinese mm. food, you're gonna be hungry two hours later. Mm-hmm. It is because of the high carbohydrate content. And they actually put cornstarch and sugar in their rice. Mm. So that's why you're hungry.
0: But it's is maybe one of the, the biggest problems that most people don't really know the difference between carbs, fats and, and proteins.
1: Yeah, that that plays a, a part.
0: Mm.
1: So it's it's constant education. Mhm. But education with tools to understand it and try things out. Mm. Like, I'll give clients different recipes according to what they already consume, what they like. Mm. Because there is a ketogenic or low-carb way to prepare just about anything.
0: Yeah. And are people... Quite maybe skeptical about it first when you suggest it. Well, if you suggest it to them, or how do people react?
1: I've had I've had skeptics. I had clients that came in and told me that I was a liar. Right. It had been two weeks and they hadn't lost any weight. Right. And then two weeks later, I was their best friend. Right. Because things turned around. Hmm. There, are, I mean, there are skeptics. They, you know, worry about different things that they hear from their doctor. But once you really start understanding how food works in the body,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how you feel according to certain foods, it's it's pretty pretty powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. Do do you find that many of your clients put too much emphasis on the losing weight aspect of all of it?
1: Oh, absolutely. All right. They, they want to get on that scale every single day. Mm. I haven't lost any weight. Mm. But, you know, according to what time of day you get on the scale, it's going to be yep. different.
2: Of course, yeah.
1: So I like to... There's something in the ketogenic world, you know, non-scale victories. Mhm. Like maybe your your clothes are fitting a little bit looser.
2: Yeah.
1: Or you have you were able to walk a little farther. Have a little more energy that day or you slept a little better. Mm. So those are the non-scale victories that can have a huge impact on health. Mhm.
0: So, so is there, are you finding that you, many of your clients are say above like 40 or do you, do you generally, right. I was wondering yeah. if you work with many people in twenties or thirties, for example,
1: not normally. No, it's usually the older, older generation.
0: Hmm. And do you ever work with anyone who's got prediabetes?
1: I have in the past. Right, But it's, it's been a while.
0: Hmm.
1: And and it, pre-diabetes and diabetes, it's really the same information. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure that the pancreas is work to, working at optimal levels. And it's not overwhelmed by having to constantly produce insulin to make up for everything that you ate at that birthday party. Hmm.
0: And and is a ketogenic diet um sustainable long term?
1: I have friends who have been on the ketogenic lifestyle for twenty five years. Right. And they do fantastic.
0: Mm. So what? Why is it? Do you, Do you think that some people? Well, there are so many critics who say that it it, it can't be done on a long term basis. Why do you think people say that?
1: Because they really don't look into it fully.
0: Mm.
1: I know a lot of the the naysayers are, are worried about cholesterol levels, mm. but cholesterol levels from everything that I've read from different health professionals who are in the ketogenic world,
2: mm-hmm.
1: inflammation in the body is more dangerous than the cholesterol. Mm. And you get inflammation from high-carbohydrate foods and high insulin levels in the body. Hmm. So you reduce the insulin, reduce the carbohydrates, you're going to reduce the inflammation.
0: And what are the biggest culprits as far as carbs are concerned?
1: (laughs) Fast food? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going down the grocery aisle with all the chips and again, rice, mm-hmm. those are the, the staple foods like rice and corn and bread, mm. things that are relatively low priced, especially things like white bread mm. and highly processed white rice. Mm hmm the more processed the food is, the faster it's going to raise blood sugar.
2: Hmm.
0: And do you think people have a good, well, many of the clients, when you started working with them, say, do they have a good understanding of what processed food is?
1: I think they, they have an idea. Hmm. They, you know, they, it comes in a box or a can, Right. but when you, when I show them, There's something called the glycemic index. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that's basically showing how fast a food will turn into sugar in the body.
2: Right.
1: And white rice will is higher on the index than brown rice. Mm -hmm. White sugar is higher on the index than you know the brown sugar. Mm. So it's it's kind of amazing when they they understand that added fiber that's maintained in the unprocessed foods, you know, sl- slows things down.
0: Hmm. There's a, an, been a number of new sort of technologies and wearables have been introduced in the last few years. And there's like continuous glucose mon- monitors and many other things that, is that something that you've got much experience with?
1: I wear one every day. Right. And I, Mine has an alert system,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so if I'm going too high or too low, it starts screaming at me, right. so I can correct it before it becomes a problem.
0: And so could you explain how it works?
1: Honestly, it that I really don't know, but right. it's measuring what's called interstitial fluid.
2: Right.
1: It's not actually measuring the blood glucose.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if I prick my finger and test that yeah and you know compare it to what the continuous monitor shows me it's going to be a little bit different right because it's measuring two different fluids
0: so how is it that the continuous monitor um how, what how does it what do you do how does it work on your body i mean
1: i it's a uh, a little device there's a tool that you kind of stick it on, there's a there's a little fiber that goes underneath the skin.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And I change the location every 10 days. Right. And again, mine gives the the alerts. But I do recommend a continuous monitor, especially for people who don't like pricking their finger.
2: Mm.
1: And there are other Monitors out there that you know they don't have the alert system, but you can you know wave your phone over it and it'll show your blood sugar, right? So that's really helpful for our clients who really hate pricking their fingers,
0: yeah, yeah. And then, so that data, I guess, is what's sent to an app on your phone which keeps track of kind of your how you've been over the last 10, 20, 30 days, whatever, yes. Mm. And is that so? Sort of, I guess that must be making quite a difference to to people.
1: It makes a huge difference, mm. and you can see the trends. Like, you know, some days my blood sugar is a little higher in the mornings, mm. so I can adjust what I'm doing accordingly.
0: Mm. And I guess if someone is that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about the people who think, oh, well, just a little bit of birthday cake is not going to do me any harm. But if they are to be wearing something along those lines, like a continuous glucose monitor, they can see straight away the results of eating that cake.
1: Absolutely.
0: Mm. (laughs) But would, I wonder if someone is of the mind to get a device like that, then they're probably already halfway committed in the first place.
1: Not necessarily. Okay. Sometimes they like to do it just to prove me wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause there's you know, you can buy one pod mm. at a time if you wish. Yeah. Some people will do it for a trial period.
0: Right. And are and, they are they expensive? What what kind of prices are these things?
1: Well, the one that I wear is rather expensive. It has to mm. go through my insurance company, right. there are others that are less expensive because they don't have the alerts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I believe that things like Medicare will help cover that. Mm-hmm. So the doctor just has to write the prescription.
0: And when you say the alerts, do you mean like an actual, like sort of buzzing thing on your phone or what kind of an alert do you mean?
1: Oh, yeah, it can It can. Be either vibration or it'll scream like an alarm clock.
0: (laughs) And what is so, once you get that alert, what do you then need to do?
1: It depends on whether I'm going too low or too high. Right. So, if I'm going too low, you know, again, I have my emergency Skittles (laughs) or my emergency candy stash.
2: Right.
1: And I'll have just a couple to help me get back to a normal level. Mm. If I'm going too high, then I might take a little bit of extra insulin using my pump. Right.
0: And so for that situation where someone has had that p- bit of birthday cake because they're convinced, oh, it's not going to do me any harm, and then they are wearing one of these things, I guess they're going to get a hell of an alert.
1: Well... They're not getting alerts with with that one type of monitor
0: right,
1: but they have to swipe to see what their their numbers are right so it, it's not going to automatically tell them mine reads my blood sugar like every fifteen minutes
0: right
1: and I have a device where I push a button just to see where I am mmm but yeah, when, when they do eat that piece of cake and then they see their numbers, they can take stock of how they're feeling. Mm. And I'll often have people keep a journal right? Say, okay, my blood sugar was this because I ate this. And, you know, I felt awful that day. Mm. So they can look over that and say, hmm, maybe I do need to make some changes.
0: Hmm. are you aware of you know what we so we mentioned just now about the continuous glucose monitors are there any new technologies on the horizon for diabetics that will help people
1: they're always working on different things there's there are, are watches that can monitor glucose i'm not sure how Soon they're coming to market, or you know perhaps they're they're getting ready to launch. Mm. There are new insulin pens. There are new types of insulin coming out that are cheaper. So mm. they're always working in so many different aspects of diabetes and health.
0: Mm.
1: It's kind of mind-boggling.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I guess because there's the amount of people the number of people who have diabetes seems to be increasing every year
1: it really does yes I mean,
0: are you aware of any sort of stats
1: i know that south carolina where i live mm-hmm. has a very high incidence of type 2 right and i've even met kids in middle school mm-hmm. that have type 2 diabetes wow And that just should not happen.
0: No. Yeah, that's scary, isn't it?
1: Yeah. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you are looking for deep support to create the health and life you want, we invite you to consider one-on-one coaching sessions with Tony. Coaching sessions give you personalised guidance to fit your unique goals and life situation. Only a limited number of spots are available, but you can easily get started by booking a free introductory call at tonywinyard.com. Now back to the show.
0: One of the questions that I I, I mentioned to you before that I ask most guests is about books that have really moved you in any way. So can can you think of a book that has really um, resonated with you for whatever reason?
1: There is a book called start with why Mm -hmm. and again that's basically how i work with my clients
2: Mm.
1: what is your why
2: right
1: you're not going to want to make any changes or do anything to improve your health unless that why is powerful
0: Mm. so
1: that's a good place to start
0: are there any clients who are are unsure of their why, or is that always quite clear?
1: Oh, I've had many that were unsure.
0: Right. Well, and so you've had to really kind of help them understand what their why is.
1: I, I, there are some that that I've helped get to that point. There are mm. some that never figured it out, mm. and they did not succeed. Yeah. So it's it's really understanding yourself looking inward and figuring out what you want to do and why
0: Mm. and so you're the the help that you 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 mentioned before that you do you work online with people and so it's not just in south carolina now it can be anywhere in the world right uh, is it just coaching that you offer or do you offer any other help with people as well
1: mainly coaching you know i'm a public speaker also and i've written a book but Mm -hmm. the coaching is my main main job
0: and and the book that you mentioned is that around it's around diabetes as well i presume
1: it's about health in general it's about how to become your own best health advocate
0: Um, and what's the name of the book
1: it's called Sweet Surrender.
0: Okay. And when did you publish that?
1: It's been a few years. It's It was self-published. Mm. But I've I've met so many people who will, you know, do whatever the doctor tells them. They don't ask questions. And I feel like you need to be an active participant in your health care. And that's what the book is about.
0: Yeah, about taking responsibility for your own health. Yes. Hmm. Why, why do you think so many people don't take responsibility for their own health?
1: They're supposed to trust their doctor. Mm. That's what they've always been told.
0: Unconditional trust. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I've been down that road.
0: Mm. But once, once you're free of that kind of, I don't know if conditioning is the right word, but once you realize that you... T- it's, you can help yourself by taking, you know, your own responsibility for your own health. It can be so freeing, and
1: oh, absolutely, hmm. the whole world opens up.
0: Yeah. But if people want to find out more about your coaching and your, you know, website and whatever, where where would I go to?
1: Well, I'm on social media, Coach Christie, on hmm. Facebook and Instagram. Actually, I believe it's Coach Christie J. Mm -hmm. and my website is christyjakes.com
0: okay well we'll put all of those links in the in the show notes and just before we finish christy is there do you have a quotation that you
1: like i do it's actually from a song and it says Mm -hmm. remember who we are remember what we are remember what we're meant to be
0: Um, so why does that resonate with you
1: because sometimes we forget Mm. we forget how powerful we are and that we're supposed to live full healthy and happy lives Mm. we weren't meant to suffer
2: yeah
0: so well Christy thank you for for everything you shared over the last sort of of 40 minutes and hopefully someone listening will will really benefit from some of the things that you said
1: I hope so thank you so much
0: thank you Christy next week is episode 27 with Dr Don Wood who helps people get freedom from anxiety and panic attacks and He's going to talk about the way he has kids. He seems to have quite a unique way of helping people and it's incredibly fast. It, you, many people seem to to take a long time, you know, they have to have many different sessions with therapists or however it is they go about trying to get treatment from, from anxiety and panic attacks and so on. But Dr. Dunwood has um, found a very different way. So we're going to find out a lot more about that and he's going to explain exactly how his process works in next week episode 27 hope you enjoyed this week's show with christy jacks if you know anyone who is maybe suffering from diabetes who could maybe this would be really useful for them please do share the episode with them and hope you have a great week thanks for tuning in to the habits and health podcast where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on your
1: favorite podcast app Sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at tonywinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.